I am so very thankful for that knowledge, for that assurance that the Lord Jesus is going to come for his church, his body. This morning, I want us to talk a little bit more about knowing the will of God. And the title of the sermon this morning is The Not-So-Secret Formula for Knowing God's Word or Knowing God's Will. Um, We need to know how we can know God's Word or to know God's will. And we also need to know how something that comes to us is not the will of God. Um, Knowing the will of God is very simple. We find it in his word. We find the will of God in his word. The key to knowing the will of God for your life is to know the scriptures. And as I study through the book of uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to be going into 2 Thessalonians in in my study, um, there are two main topics. One is the coming of the Lord Jesus. And remember, this is Paul's first epistle. This is Paul's first letter to the church. Uh, And this church was to the one in Thessalonica. Two main topics. One is the coming of the Lord Jesus. And the second is knowing the will of God and and what the will of God is uh, for those group of believers there in Thessalonica. Um, As we study God's word, God's will is absolutely, positively uh, revealed to us as we go through it. Uh, Let me warn you. Let me caution you. uh, Let me encourage you to know that it's through God's word that we find his will, not people that come up to you and tell you, oh, God gave me a prophecy for you, or God gave me a word I'm supposed to share because God's revealed his will for you. And I've had people do that. I've talked, just recently I was talking to a young man who's, church. Some people came up to him and, and informed him that God had given them a message to give to him. And I've often wondered, why couldn't God just give the message to he, that individual uh, rather than having to channel it through somebody uh, unless that person wants to feel kind of highly spiritual or something. I've always, I've always been very cautious uh, and, and disbelieving of, of those. Uh, and if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, God showed me something or uh, told me something that I'm supposed to tell you, uh, run, skedaddle, don't listen to them. Now, if someone comes up to you and says, I was reading through God's word, and here's what God's word says concerning his will for you, then listen. That's when you, that's when you know that that person is legit. It is really dangerous for people to try to tell you what God's will is for your life. And my caution to you is avoid them. But I assure you that God's, God has made known his will for your life. And it's relatively easy to know God's will for your life. Again, it's know the scripture. It's to know God's word. Here's the difficult part. It's easy to know God's will because we're going to look at Scripture that tells you exactly what God's will is. It's easy to know God's will. Here's the area where believers seem to stumble and fall and trip, and that is submitting to the will of God that is absolutely plainly detailed in His Word. 
It's submitting to the will of God. That's where Christians sort of drop the ball and stumble and have a difficult time. Many Christians fret or they concern themselves with knowing the will of God for their lives as if it's something difficult to do. Uh, They want to know the will of God, yet they neglect the scriptures. Folks, you're not going to know the will of God unless you study the scriptures. As a matter of fact, one of the... The one thing I can tell you is the will of God is that you study to show yourself approved unto God, women that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What is the will of God for my life? To study his word. That's the will of God for for your life. And there's a whole lot more that we're going to be looking at. But they look to see if there's some spiritual formula for knowing the will of God. And I'm here to tell you, there is a formula for knowing the will of God. The formula for knowing the will of God is this. Trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, plus, because it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So, putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that's the will of God. To pray without ceasing, that's the will of God. To study God's word, that's the will of God. That trusting Christ, prayer, study equals knowing the will of God. See how simple that was? You say, well, where do, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, where, where, does, God want, where does God want me to serve him? And what's the answer to that? Right where you are. Right where you are is where God wants you to serve him. What does, how does God want me to serve him? He wants you to serve him by sharing the gospel of the grace of God. He wants you to serve him by being that minister of the word of reconciliation. That is the will of God for your life. How does God want me to serve him? Through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells that believer. Now, was that that hard? To know the will of God for your life? The will of God for your life is that you obey what his word directs us to do on his behalf. Trusting Christ, prayer, study will lead you to know God's will for your life. To concentrate, to concentrate on your own spiritual growth and maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. To concentrate on your personal walk, your relationship with Christ. As you concentrate on your relationship with Christ, God is going to open doors. God is going to close doors. God is going to direct your life. There is not going to be any doubt as to is this what Is this the direction that God wants you to go? But i got to tell you this. Regardless of the direction, regardless of the place, regardless of what you're doing, you do it unto the Lord and for His glory. That is the will of God. I've heard preachers talk about the perfect will of God and the permissive will of God. I don't find that scripturally. Anywhere. You ever heard somebody, preacher, talk about, well, that's God's perfect will and this is God's permissive will? That's not a spiritual concept. You either doing the will of God, but there is no 
perfect will. There is no permissive will. There is the will of God. And that's what God calls us to do. And here's what's interesting. Is that God wants you to know his plan and purpose for your life even more than you want to know. (coughs) Excuse me. Still get all choked up. God wants you to know uh, his his plan and purpose for your life even more than you want to know. I mean, God has a plan and purpose for your life, and he's not going to show you. He's not going to open doors of opportunity for you. He's not going to direct you in that, in that way. Of course he is. He wants you serving, serving him. But where are you going to find out what God's will is for your life? From his word. From his word. Now, as we get into that, there's a couple of things you need to understand. Number one, if you by faith have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior... By faith, you believe that he died for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again. Then you belong to God. That you have been bought with a price. And get this. You are no longer your own. You are no longer. You no longer belong to yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, Tim. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. What's the will of God? Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's the will of God. For you to realize you're not your own, you've been bought with a price, you don't belong to yourself anymore. You have been redeemed. You have been purchased by the precious blood of Christ. You now belong to him. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 23, even goes into more detail. You are bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. That's the will of God for your life. Now, in order to know that, what did you have to know? His word. You had to know his word. The other thing you need to understand as we get into knowing the will of God is that you are his workmanship. Ephesians 2.10, you know, we love to quote Ephesians 2.8 and 9, but 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What is the will of God for your life? Walking in those good works that he outlines in his scripture concerning believers in this present dispensation of grace and what God expects from our lives. That's the will of God. To know that you don't belong to yourself. To know that you are his workmanship. And get this. In Philippians 1.6, that he has begun his work in you, you being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And what is that good thing he started in you? It is to conform you to the image of his son. Wow. What a work is being carried on, carried out in your life. So if God, if, if you're his workmanship, if he's begun his work in you and he's going to perform that work, 
certainly he's going to show you what his will is for your life. And he's done it from his word through his scriptures. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is what we're going to look at this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God, so you would abound more and more. For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God. What is the will of God for your life? Well, here we go. This is going to tell us what God's will is for your life. This is the will of God. Not just the will of God. Look at, look at that other part. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. The word sanctification, the word sanctification there has to do with separation. It has to do with being holy. The, the word holy, the Greek there is hagios. It has to do with being separate. Where God is holy, he is far above. He's separate. He's separated. It, it's, it's not the same as righteous. But this is your sanctification. This is your setting apart, believer, from the world and the things of the world. For this is the will of God. Even your sanctification, your separation that you should abstain from fornication. Um, We need to understand that as Paul was writing to this church in Thessalonica, we know from his word that these believers came out of idolatry. They came out of paganism where the the main aspect of, of that paganism was... Uh, unbelievable promiscuity with the the temple prostitutes, that it was part of their religious system. It was part of their their worship. And Paul is telling them, here is the will of God, is for you to get away from that, not to participate in that, but, but God's word is telling us that God wants us to live morally. See, what we need to understand is there are great consequences, horrible consequences, to doing the type of things that these Thessalonians were doing when Paul was writing this. There were health issues. There were emotional issues. There were all sorts of consequences to what the men were doing in that temple. And so as as Paul is is starting to write to this church, he wants to make sure that they understand here's part of the will of God. Believer, you want to live morally, not to let lust and desire lead you, guide you, or direct you. Back up in verse verse 1, it says, it talks about how you ought to walk and please God. And then he starts out 
informing them, informing them not to do the things like they used to do in their worship. Boy, aren't you glad times have changed today and, and sex and perversion and promiscuity is no longer a problem in the world? But here's God's will, is that you avoid fornication, is that you, you, you study God's word to, to know how he expects you to walk and to please God. And don't be fooled by the things that the world tells you you need to do in order to please God. Because the world's going to tell you, and I guarantee you, it's going to be the opposite and it gets worse as the days go by. What the world tells you, what the world expects, what the world says for you to embrace, than from what God's word tells you you need to do. And as the world gets crazier and crazier, it's going to get more and more difficult for us as believers to take a stand for God's word and to do what God's word tells us that we need to do. Amen? Speaking of that, by the way, not that I think it's ever going to happen, but then again, there are a lot of things I didn't think were ever going to happen that are happening. If the government ever says... You spoke out against abortion. You spoke out against homosexuality. You spoke out against whatever. We want your tax exemption back. You know what? They can have our tax exemption. They, and they'll say, oh, no, 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 no. Your church will go bankrupt. Let me ask you a question. Do you give because you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to see the gospel of the grace of God preached and, and proclaimed, or is it because you need the tax deduction? If it's because you need a tax deduction, well, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but. <laughs> Folks, see, you see how they've misunderstood? They, 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 they don't comprehend the calling of Christ on our lives. There's, there's almost a part of me that wishes that they would say, you're no longer tax deductible just so that we can show them how much we love God, how much we serve him and be faithful to his calling on our lives. Amen. Anyway, Colossians 3:17. Whatsoever you do in word, here's the will of God. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is God's will for your life? Whatever you do in word or deed, you do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whatsoever you do, you do to his glory. And I've heard people say, well, I don't know which job to take. Well, I don't think God cares unless it's working in an abortion clinic or in a striptease joint someplace. You know what I mean? I mean, if it's working at a factory someplace or doing something, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't think God cares that much about that, but here's what he does care. Whatever you do, you do all for his glory. Marriage. It's God's will that you not marry an unbeliever. But see, I don't believe that there's this this uh, 
special someone out there that God has for you. I know some people say, ooh, that's not true. But I'll tell you what God's will is. is for you to be faithful, to you love the wife, for you to love the husband that God has given you, and that you, uh, that you strive to make that marriage work for the glory of God. And I'm going to tell you something else. Marriage is not just about love. It's about commitment to one another, commitment to the institution of marriage. That's the will of God. I don't know which school God wants me to go to. Auburn. I mean, I know which school God wants you to go to. But that's a, that's a whole other topic. Here's what I do know. Regardless of where you go to school, God wants you to do it for His glory, to study for His glory, to be a witness for Him. Regardless of where you go, what you do, God is wanting you to do it unto Him for His glory and for His purpose. So, what is the will of God? It's 1 Thessalonians 4 says to flee fornication. Don't get wrapped up in the religious system of the world. Don't get wrapped up in that immorality because that's just going to lead to all sorts of difficulty. Verse 4, that every one of you, see this is still the will of God, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. How to possess your body. How to possess your body. How do you have, for you to have control of that in sanctification and separation and honor, that glorifies God. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles, which know not God. Don't act like the world. Don't behave like the world. The will of God is that you live a sanctified life that's glorifying to him. Number six tells us again what God's will is for your life. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and have testified. God's will is that you in your business dealings, in your transactions, that you be honest, that you be fair, that you be ethical, that you don't, in your business dealings, defraud your brother or defraud your sister. It's God's will that you do exactly what God's Word tells us in 1 Timothy 3.7 as one of the qualifications for, uh, for elders. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 7. Moreover, moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. See, God's will is that we have a testimony of those who are without. The word without there means those who aren't saved, those who are not part of the body of Christ. See, it's God's will that we not defraud one another, that we live honestly, in our, and, and deal honestly in our business transaction and our business dealings so that those that don't know Christ will see a difference in our lives and go, wow, there is something to being that believer. 
in Jesus Christ. That's the will of God. To be morally and ethically pleasing to God. It's God's will that we shine as lights in a crooked and perverse generation. That's the will of God. So where do you find that? You find that in God's word. That's the will of God, that we shine as lights, that we be an example of God's godliness and God's holiness, that we take a stand for righteousness and holiness, and that, be, that we always be ready, church, to be a church that desires to minister to others and to be a church of restoration. Not jumping to judgment, not jumping to condemnation, but being a church that restores. Look at Galatians 6. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1. Galatians 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual... Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You see how that's the will of God from his word? God is not looking for a group of believers, body of Christ, that's, that's ready to shoot its own wounded. And that's kind of the reputation that the church has nowadays. Is the church is the, is the only army that shoots its own wounded. But see, God's called us to be a a church of a restoration. Yeah, there are certain things, there are certain positions that you take for, for holiness and righteousness, and the scriptures give you uh, ample guidelines in, in what to do and, and when to do it when there are situations that need to be corrected. But overall, what God's calling on our lives to do is to be believers who love and who forgive and who desire to restore, not condemn, not to cast out, but to serve Him faithfully. God's Word is very clear. Back to 1 Thessalonians. What is God's will for your life? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Uh, let's start with verse 15, Tim. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is God's will for your life, Christian? Is that in everything you give thanks that you pray without ceasing, that you rejoice evermore because a really crazy and mixed up and sinful world, they are going to see your behavior. They are going to see your testimony. They are going to listen to your story as you live it for Christ. 
and they're going to see a difference. Not to say they're going to believe on the Lord Jesus, not to say that they're going to to, uh, trust him as their Savior. You sure hope so. But I think you need to view it as you share the gospel that you're planting and that someone is going to come along and, and water what that seed that you've planted and that God's going to give the increase. And they see that and they either believe or reject. But you've done exactly what, the, what God's will is for your life. And it's God's will that all men be saved, come to the knowledge of truth. 1 Timothy chapter 2. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Let's start with verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So it's God's will that you give thanks. It's God's will that you flee fornication. It's God's will that all men be saved. Now, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, And it's God's will that all men be saved. What does that tell us that another will of God is? Is that we share the gospel. It's God's will that we be those ministers of the word of reconciliation. That people hear and they can respond from that gospel story. From that message of God's grace. That's God's will for our lives. He's not willing that any should perish, but they're not going to be saved unless they hear. It's the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation. They're not going to be saved. They're, they're not going to respond until they hear the gospel. And how are they going to hear the gospel? Who are they going to hear the gospel from? If we don't speak up, if we don't share it, then they're not going to hear. Yes, it's God's will that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Uh, look at uh, 2 Peter, 2 Peter 3, 9. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's not willing that any should perish. Then what does that indicate? That it must be God's will for us to open our mouths and to share the truth of his word with a world that is so lost and in such desperation to hear the truth. 
So that's God's will for our lives. God's will is that we live morally, we live pure, that we live ethically. It's God's will that we give thanks. It's God's will that we share the gospel with the lost. Well, pastor, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of knowing God's will. Folks, that is what God's word tells us is his will. I guarantee you, you just take the scripture, and, and, and we haven't gone through all of them, so there are a lot more. So let me encourage you to do some studying on your own to find out God's will. And you're not going to find this is the perfect will of God or this is the permissive will of God. How many people have used that for an excuse to do their own thing? That's a big no-no. But in order for you to know the will of God, you have to study his word. Four definite imperatives from his word concerning God's will, let me encourage you to start there for your life and see how the doors open or the doors close or how the will of God just unfolds for you in such a dramatic fashion. See, I, uh, so many years ago, many years ago, you know, Fan, I really felt like God was leading us to start that home for troubled and abused kids uh, out in Owensville. And, I, and I, I felt like that's what God wanted us to do. That's what I felt like God wanted us to do with my life. And her being a very faithful, loving, okay, whatever, uh, I'm ready for this. Uh, we stepped away from the job that I had, and, and we moved to Missouri, and things just sort of, unfolded that allowed us to to do that and it was one of the most difficult one of the most you talk about hardship but you talk about blessings it those several years that we did that was unbelievable but see I don't think it mattered to God whether we stepped out in faith trusting him whether it was to move to Missouri or to have done it there in California, in the San Diego area, although I really wanted to get out of San Diego. There's too many people there. Wow. And the weather never changes. Never changes. You just, you, you just forget the, watching the weather. And, and, and I'm a sweater man. I like sweaters. And you never have to wear, but anyway, that's, so the point is, is that I, I felt like this is what God wanted us to do with our lives, and I really believe that it's the direction that God led us, but through his word, the burden he put on our heart for those kids, uh, it was real, it was realized, and it was, it was a blessing of what we did. But had I not, had we not done that, we wouldn't be here. We can see God's hand leading every step of the way, trusting him. Were there mistakes along the way? Oh, boy. But was God faithful all along the way? Yeah, boy. He was. See, God desires to use us when we are willing. Not necessarily God sitting us here and saying, okay, I, this is my will for your life. Uh, you, you're going to cling to this. You're going to do this. 
That's what God just wants you to be faithful serving him, to be willing to just say, here I am, Lord, use me. Here I am, Lord, send me. And God can take that willingness and use you anywhere you are. Just because he's a faithful God and he can do it. So again, what, what, is, what is the will of God for your life? Is that you study his word. So you get the directives from him where he wants you or how he wants you serving. And it will open up. Opportunity will open itself up in such a phenomenal, phenomenal way. That you'll say, God, this had to be you. This, this had to be you. And the neat thing about it is the Holy Spirit indwells us. And I think sometimes I think the Holy Spirit just has giggles. Yeah, maybe that's not the way to describe it. But I know when you're studying God's word, it is, well, the Holy Spirit just bears witness. There's just giggling going on. There's just rejoicing going on. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the rejoicing. That as you open up these wonderful words of life, whether you're singing them over again to me or you're studying them over again, it is God who just causes his word to come alive. To provide that evidence, provides that assurance that what you're doing is exactly what God would have you to do. And that is to obey him. And it is spelled out so clearly here. So again, if somebody comes and tells you they know what God's will is for your life, you excuse yourself and you find the door. Unless they say, I know what God's will for you is, is that you search the scriptures daily. They tell you that. You pat them on the back, you hug them, and you say right on. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning, and we're thankful that you are a God who is involved in our lives, that you move, that you motivate, that you direct our lives. And, Father, you do it from your holy word. Father, there's assurance there. And, Father, we trust your word. And we thank you for it. We thank you for the scriptures that, that just shout out to us what your word is. That we're to live morally, ethically, purely. Father, we are to be honest in our dealings with, with other people. And that, Father, we're to give thanks in everything. Father, we're to praise you in everything. Father, we're to thank you for everything. And that's hard sometimes. But Father, we have that assurance that all things work together for good to them who love God. To them who are the called according to your purpose. And so Father, we trust you. Until we hear that trumpet sound. Until we hear that call upward. Father, may we be faithfully carrying out your will here. Understanding how you have separated us. You have sanctified us. 
that we might be a testimony of your goodness and of your grace and of your mercy. And Father, I pray that every person here understands that calling on their lives, that they embrace that calling, that there's not a single person here who's thinking, yeah, that's for the person that's sitting next to me. But we all take it personally to be faithful to your calling. Father, to be faithful to your word. And we pray these things in Christ's holy and most precious name.